guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Hey guys, welcome back to the Oxford Holy Club podcast. You've made it to episode three. Congratulations. This will be the second episode that actually has some content beyond the meta episode of episode number one titled Beginnings. If you're unsure what this is all about, why we have a podcast called the Oxford Holy Club and what on earth you're doing listening to this, I'd recommend you start way back there at old episode one. Now, tonight I have a special treat for you. We are joined by three guests. I'm actually sitting around a table with them and we have a sound man that's actually doing He's recording the audio tonight. And uh, so shout out to our sound man, Caden. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to introduce you to some of these people around the room. They've recently gone on a mission trip to Guatemala. And so I asked them if they would come in and uh, record with me and share some stories with you. We're going to look at some questions tonight. We're going to have some fun. And uh, now I would just like to take a moment and introduce you to these teenagers. So to my immediate left is uh, teenager Joey. Hey, guys. That's awesome. Thank you, Joey. How are you this evening? I'm all right. I'm tired. Glad it, to be here. It's about nine o'clock when we're <clears> recording <throat> this. Joey has been to, well, a few people at the table have been, well, they've all been to Guatemala, but then some people went immediately to a kid's camp to counsel and then to other things and they just haven't slept much. So thanks, Joey, for being here. Glad that you've joined us. Uh, another guest right across the table from me, staring deep into my soul, uh, Marshall, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Marshall. How are you? Good, 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 good. It's going to be an interesting evening. I really hope that you bring some volume to that voice. Yep, <laughs> yep. We're glad you're here, Marshall. You tired? Not a little bit. You actually have to speak. <laughs> a little bit. They can't see your hand gestures. <laughs> oh, yeah. So listen, um, but I would like to also introduce you to Alyssa, teenager Alyssa. How are you this evening? I'm great. Would you like to say anything to the listener at home right now? Hope you're having a wonderful day. Wow. That was very poetic. You're welcome. Love from Alyssa yes. to the world. Well, as we discussed, well, actually, there's an episode recorded uh, that you may hear at some point where we discuss the one fan we have. So one fan, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> Alyssa sends love. Uh, and Caden, again, a big shout out to our sound guy in the back, making things happen. If uh, the audio quality is different, we've been praised for our audio, audio quality. Only two episodes, but they keep saying the audio quality is great. Not a whole lot about the content. From one um, fan. From the, from the one fan. And so if our audio is a little bit different, we're recording in a different space right now, uh, but we hope that you're still enjoying. Uh, so guys... As we do on the podcast, I like to start things off kind of a little light and just sort of ask a question, and then we can have some conversation around it, and uh, eventually we'll land on hearing about your trips. Uh, so, this question comes from Yahoo Answers, if you're familiar with the website. The question is this, what makes your heart skip a beat? Does this Jesus. have to be, like, God-related, or can it just be anything? It, it can be anything. Okay. Are we trying to guess what the answer was? Is it like murmurs or something weird like that? <laughs> I, yep did, I, I did write that down. <laughs> no, no. Uh, th there, so there were some different answers that got out there. So let me just give you an example of one answer so that you can kind of gauge yours. I'm asking you specifically, Joey, Marshall, Alyssa, what makes your heart skip a beat? One person said, when I eat too many hot dogs. <laughs> yeah? All right. Yeah, I can relate. All right. 
I think that's more heart palpitations than anything else, though. <laughs> okay. Because of the cholesterol. Semantics. <laughs> and sodium. You gonna, don't you tear apart the hot dog. The hot, the hot dog's tearing him apart. Oh, dear. Oh, no. I got him afar. Another listener or another uh, person on Yahoo Answers said, sticking your finger in a light. That would do it. Well, yeah. let me just say this. And Marshall, you're looking at me with the look I think. <laughs> that you, can, is, you, you can stick your finger on a light bulb and, and not get a heart murmur or a palpitation or anything like that. I think they mean like a light socket. I don't think you can fit your finger in one of those. You've, have you ever now touched really a light bulb? Try. Yeah. So when you, like, when you go to your ceiling and you touch a light bulb, that's what this person is saying. Sticking your finger in a light. How do you do that? You. you know what? That's a whole other question. The question before us is... I mean, it could be like one of those, uh, you know how they have those like curly lights? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like you put your finger in between them and like your heart skipping a beat is when you realize your finger's stuck. Not speaking from experience. Maybe it's just like an excited heart skipping a beat. Okay. Well, I don't so know why they'd be excited about lamp. that, but maybe. <laughs> so I remember reading this and thinking initially it was going to be like a romantic answer that people would be like, oh, my wife, my husband, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. But nobody went for that. The, the best answer I found was uh, a black bear attack. <laughs> yeah. A black bear attack yeah. makes my heart skip a beat. We were talking about how much I love bears today. Where at? Um, just at the church. Okay. I love bears. They're so cute. Have, Have you ever, ever seen played? a sun bear? Oh, what's a sun bear? <laughs> They're just weird. They're just awkward. <laughs> also a shaved bear. That's fun. Go look that up. Uh, You'll enjoy it. Listener at home, do a something search because they're not a sponsor, so something search. Hey, Google. No. Oh. <laughs> not can, a sponsor. Not a sponsor. You can search that up on online. So, okay, let me ask you, what makes your heart skip a beat, Joey? Uh, I never really thought of this. I, I definitely agree with the bear the bear attack. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I know. When a small child turns around from beating a tree and tells me that nobody wants to marry me, that makes me that makes my heart skip a beat. That's so random. Did, did I not tell you that story? You did. Yeah. That was the first thing that came to mind. That's been in like the forefront of my mind this whole week. Okay. Um, Marshall, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to land on that. <laughs> I know the context of what happened and it's a totally legit story and it's hilarious, but that's another time. <laughs> Marshall, what makes your heart skip a beat? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I kind of like bears. <laughs> okay. Yay. <laughs> bears have it. All right. Um, I, I was thinking really hard about this, and I think I have a better answer than all of you. So, you wow. know? Rude. Yeah, Moy a little hurt. Sassy. I know. It's that weird confidence boost thing. Oh. Gotten sassy all of a sudden. Sorry. Um, so, you know, when you're, you're shopping and you see something you really like, and you just think, I'd love to buy that, but it's probably too expensive, and you go and check the price tag and it's on sale. Mm -hmm. That's, <laughs> That's when your heart skips a beat when yeah. something is on sale. So just so you know, guys, I, I did a something search on, you know, what does it really mean? It's called a premature ventricular contraction or PVCs, which I thought was a pipe, but it's an extra heartbeat that begins in one of your heart's lower two pumping chambers. These extra beats disrupt your regular heart rhythm, ca sometimes causing you to feel a fluttering or a skipped feeling 
a skipped feeling, a skipped beat in your chest. Then I, I looked into seeing like some of the causes and stuff like that. Bad news. It's mostly heart disease. Nice. So uh, what makes your heart skip a beat? Listener at home, if, if, if you're like, I get this. It's probably heart disease. Why do we you, say our heart skipped a beat? You, you always feel it in your stomach. Anatomy's not on the table here tonight. Um, <laughs> so that's, so. well, I guess that's an answer to that. Um, so guys, you recently went on a trip. Is that the truth? Is that really true? Yes. Allegedly. Yeah. That's not fake news. Um, so you guys went to Guatemala. Within the last week, you were in Guatemala, right? Like a week ago, were you there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, if I was to ask the question, was it an amazing trip? I think you would all have to say yes. I've heard you speak about it uh, already. So I'm kind of wondering if uh, someone wants to explain to the people at home why you went. Um, well, I was told about the trip by a close friend. And at first, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go or not. Because there's a different missions trip that I've always kind of wanted to go on. And so I was just planning on going on that. And she mentioned to me that that seemed more of a want, the other missions trip, than a call. And so I really prayed over it. And I felt called to go to Guatemala. And the other one was more of a want. Okay. So I decided to go on that one instead. All right. What about you guys? What was it that, that made you want to go to Guatemala? You want to go? Sure. Cool. Well, I, I had always sort of planned to, to uh, at some point before university, I would go on a missions trip, and then Guatemala came up at a pretty convenient time and prayed over that, and I felt pretty called, so I looked into it, and it, it just seemed like the, the right thing. Yeah. The right opportunity to take. Fantastic. Thanks, Marshall. Joe, what about you? Uh, it was similar to Marshall for me. I knew that I was feeling some kind of call to go on a missions trip. I didn't really know where. Um, I was planning on going with a university that I was interested in. Mm -hmm. um, but then Guatemala came up, and it was just one of those things that it, it was kind of stuck in my mind. And so uh, it took a couple of days just to kind of think and pray on it. And it was, it was very evident to me that Guatemala was where I needed to be. So Guatemala. All right. Uh, so you guys, um, there was 11 of you that went from Atlanta, Canada. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. That was 12. 11 or 12 11. of you that went. I don't know. How many, how many came back? I, I hope the Nine. same amount. So 11 or 12 of you went to Guatemala or unsure. They're, they're all kind of glancing at each other, trying to like counting on fingers, figuring out who did we leave. Oh, we, uh, yeah. It was nine came back. Nine went there, nine came back. It was but there was two that were already there and two that stayed. I thought you said none came back. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so nine of you went from Canada Atlantic and you met up with two others there. Yep. And then nine of you came back to Canada Atlantic. Everyone's done a head count. We're all good mm -hmm. that, yep. that way. Fantastic. Um, so you guys went with a bigger organization though, right? So it wasn't just nine or 11 of you that were there in Guatemala. Do you know how many were there with this an organization called Enquantro? 250, I think. There was 250 of you at the same time? Yep. There was, mm -hmm. I think there might've been, uh, there would've been two, I think it was around 250 between Canada, the US and Central America for our week and the week before that, because there was two different weeks that happened. Okay. Um, I think the week before us, there was about 400 there. 
Sure. So what was the purpose? I understand why you guys went now. I understand, you know, the calling that God had in your life. But what was the purpose of the trip initially when when you guys were planning and and working through different things of this is what we're going to do when we're there, this is what we're hoping to see, that kind of stuff. What was the purpose? Um, we were planning on going and doing VBS, which is doing ministry with kids. So that would be music and crafts and games and things like that. Okay. Fellas, what about you? Um, uh, initially we didn't really have a very clear idea of specifically what we were going to be doing. We knew that we were going to be talking about Jesus down in Guatemala. Other than that, it was, we knew what the goal was, um, uh, how we were going to accomplish the goal was a little more up in the air. Um, by about February was when we started looking at VBS and that's kind of when we solidified, uh, VBS. Okay. Yeah. So you guys were planning for a year, if I remember correctly, um, working through different things like the VBS and all that kind of stuff. And then you got down there to go out. How, how uh, Joey, it was your first time flying, eh? Yep. Anybody else first yeah. time flying? Yeah. How'd you guys do? It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. I wasn't a huge fan. The first time we took off, we were in a propeller plane. And oh, so no. and I was right by the propeller. So all I could see out of the corner of my eye was just a propeller whipping through the air. And it was like a little shaky. Um, so that was freaking me out. Um, I did not sleep for the 48 hours that we were traveling. Just <laughs> I could not get to sleep on that plane. Yep. <sighs> that's a, I always find when I'm on a plane, that's when I start thinking about like aerodynamics and physics <laughs> and like how do planes stay up again? Wait, a bumblebee, a bumblebee flies in its wings, you know, <laughs> it shouldn't be able to. So according to the laws of aviation, bees should not be able to fly. That's enough of that. <laughs> Do you say bears? Bears. I wish. <laughs> I mean, I according to the laws of aviation, bears can't fly either. You know what? And that's true. Yeah. Uh, so you guys flew for the first time uh, and you made it and you flew back and all that. And now you're seasoned <laughs> professionals. <laughs> You've flown before. Yes, I have. Oh, wearing that like a badge of honor. She, she sat up and said I mean, it proudly to the microphone. <laughs> yes, I have. I was really young, so I don't really remember it, but I have flown. How was the flight for you? I didn't enjoy it. I was not a fan of any of the flights. So just since there's a general negativity about the flights, let's leave the, um, the airline out of it. Let's not name airline names. <laughs> it's not the airline's fault. It's just flying well, in general. Okay. Joey. <laughs> Easy. Uh, okay, so you guys got to Guatemala. You survived the, the horrific flights with the, the airline that will remain nameless. And you made it. You got your boots on the ground. What happened next? We went to sleep. What? Where? <laughs> well, we went to the seminary and then we went to sleep because it was like three in the morning. It's three. It's three in the morning. And you guys went to the seminary, not the cemetery, but the seminary and, and went to sleep. Okay. Uh, so you guys were connected with the host church that was there. So tell me a little bit about what that was like once you got to the church. Um, what, you know, what was it? What were the people like? What was the, the building like? Uh, the church, the church definitely felt like my own home church. Like I walked in and it was just, it, you, you kind of walk in and it just felt like you'd been there before. Um, even like the people there, it felt like you had known them for growing up. 
and they just kind of welcome you in with open arms. It was just immediately like, hey, welcome to our church. And it was just, it was super comforting because uh, you don't know what you're getting into when you're going to a foreign country Absolutely. and you're going to a new church with new people and just don't speak the native language so you don't know what to expect culturally or anything. So for them to just be completely open and just bring us with uh, bring us in with open arms, it was super. Uh, it was a super good uh, entrance to the church. It was a Nazarene church. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and I, and I know that the Church of Jesus Christ doesn't have denominational boundaries. We've made those. I get that. But the one thing I will say, and maybe I'm not sure if you guys would agree, one of the things I've appreciated about being a part of a denomination is that when we travel, when we go places like that, like when we went to Cuba, um, you know, you're with family right away because of your connection through Jesus Christ, the denomination uh, helps facilitate that, you know, that family and connecting and all that. So I've always found that quite helpful. What about you guys? What's uh, Marshall and uh, Alyssa, what, what was your first reaction on getting to the church? Uh, everyone was very friendly and they were very welcoming. Mm -hmm. they, they seemed very excited to have us there. So that was encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought their service was interesting. It was done a lot differently than we do our services here. They did things in different orders than we normally would. And I thought that was interesting to experience. Yeah, that's that's really cool. It's nice going to a different culture and, and experiencing how they worship differently and, and order things differently. Uh, I had a, a sort of a specific cool moment with it because their, their church and the, the church we go to, Freetown, it's a... Uh, they're, they're similar in building and, and, and people there. It was sort of a, a cool thing for us, even in, in preparation, because we showed up and the, it, it was a, a very similar looking church and, you know, the other side of the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. If someone was on the fence about taking a mission trip for the first time, because for some of you, actually for all three of you, was this your first mission trip? Yes. Yep. Um, you know, there's, there's <clears throat> someone listening or there's someone that we know that has never gone on a mission trip before and they're praying and they're, they're wondering about it. If you had the opportunity to speak to that person, what would you say? I mean, obviously my uh, gut instinct would just do it. It's, it's one of those things that it's like, if you're feeling called to do it, then do it. Um, to, I, I think if you're on the fence about going, it would really depend on why they're on the fence. Um, if they're on the fence uh, when it, about going to another country, um, it, it would depend on who they were going with and where they were going. Sure. Um, with going with Encuentro and it being Nazarene, it was super... The, the fear of being in a foreign country with people that you don't know, especially in a district as small as ours, wasn't really there. Um, because just... The Nazarene church especially is so small that you just kind of know that we ended up meeting someone uh, from Canada West that was related to people that go to camp. And yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, right away, like you make those connections and it's all, you just feel comfortable once you're there. Um, it, it would really depend on the circumstance for me. Sure. Um, I would definitely recommend it, though, even regardless of what the issue was. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. Okay. Um, and, like, maybe if there's something holding them back, it might be financially or, like, maybe family or friends don't want them to go. Just know that it will work out and that, like, 
God's got it under control. If you need to be there, then you will be there. Mm-hmm. I think for, for missions trips, it's it's important to make sure you're called there. Because, I, I mean, I think we're, we're not called to go on every every missions trip opportunity that comes our way. You know, we're not we're not called to every area, but when when we are called, we will have we will be provided for. Yeah. Yep. So make sure the call, make sure it's God's yeah. will that yeah. you're to go. Yeah. Yep. We've all been there before, making those decisions. Uh, okay, so you guys were in Guatemala, and we know you know the, the sense that you felt about going there, um, kind of the fir- your first experience on the ground, and why it would be important for someone to consider a mission trip. Um, do you have any stories, anything that really stood out to you during that time? And I'd also like to, you to kind of keep in the back of your head. I would love to hear about, and I think we would all love to hear about, because uh, the transformation that happened in you. Um, certainly when we go on these mission trips, we always go because we, we want to be used by God to help and to preach uh, and to teach people about him. But I think what happens a lot of the time is that a lot of transformation happens in us, which is extremely cool. And so I'd love to hear that as well. So I guess uh, my first question then would be, is do you have uh, a story to share anything? And, and um, you guys can just kind of take that and run with it. When we when we we first got there, um, we we had planned to go to the, the church on Monday, and we we showed up, and they were supposed to be there when we when we got there, but we ended up having to wait around a, a couple of hours, so there was a bit of a bit of a lapse there. But we had to we we had to to play some soccer with some some kids and stuff. But when they when they did show up, they uh, they told us we were going to a to a school, so we had we had we had made our way there, and it was this. A private high school, and they told us that we could play games with them, and if we wanted, we could teach values and and, and such, but we couldn't talk about God or the or the church. <clears throat> I took that pretty uh pretty negatively. I was pretty uh, disappointed in that. Um, and then and then you know obviously that evening there was some sort of doubt in the the nature of the the trip and the nature of what we were going to actually do there. And then when the next day had come around, we showed up at the church and, and people were there that day, luckily. Um, and we had been, we had been talking with the, the pastor. He was, he's, he was a professor as well. He was sort of teaching with us and we were talking about evangelism and, and how we do it. And then we, we had made our way to the, the school again. Um, and it was sort of at, at then when they, they, they told us that, this time we we could talk about God and, and the church, and it was sort of this this kick in the gut moment where I I mean I was ecstatic that we could we had this opportunity that we could now you know preach to them, but also this 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 pretty changing and and impactful moment uh, just showing that you know if I if I would have just trusted that the call trusted trusted God, then it would have been so much better, right? I mean, he, we, we believe that he, he called us there. I, I believe that he had called me to go there, and I went through obstacles, and I was in Guatemala. Uh, but I still, at that point, you know, facing a, a few obstacles, had, had a doubt. Um, so that was, that was a really cool and changing moment for me, just to see that, you know, if, if we're called, we'll certainly, you know, be provided for. And Yeah. Hmm. I recently heard a really good sermon on that. I know. Was, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mar- uh, Marshall was at our church, our local church this morning, and actually preached uh, a really great message and talked about that. 
can I add to Yeah, um, please, no. When we went to the school, when we first got there, all of the students were on the other side of the gym, kind of keeping to themselves and staying away from us. But as we interacted with them more, we, um, we formed relationships with them. And even though we weren't talking about God or anything, just showing them that love gave them the opportunity to have us come back because we, none of us wanted to leave after. And so then they told us we could come back and we could talk about God. So sometimes just showing them that love to begin with Mm -hmm. is going to open a lot of doors too. And we saw that at a lot of the schools we went to. So the schools initially uh, didn't want to hear anything about Jesus, but uh, am I, am I right to say that? Uh, Yeah. Some of them, some of them were, some of them just were kind of like, oh, I don't really care. Okay. But then uh, it seems like after they met you, kind of relationships were formed, then they were more open to receiving that conversation? Yeah. Okay. Um, Joe? Yeah, for uh, for me, it was definitely um, the same as what Marshall and Alyssa said. It was mostly just um, Guatemala in and of itself didn't wasn't a big... Uh, heart change per se like it wasn't a big like break my heart become a new person type thing it was more leading into it that I got a change of heart just in my uh, my relationship with my dad um over that um it but for me it was a, a humbling experience to be able to see for God to say I'm I'm gonna accomplish what I want accomplished regardless of what your plans are would you be willing, um, you just kind of referenced something there, Joe, and, and I know the story. Yep. Um, would you be comfortable? Because I, th- I, think, I think, Joe, the story of how you even got there and, and the provision and restoration kind of thing that's been going on in your life is extremely cool. And if you're comfortable, you can share. If you, if you don't want to, that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, it actually goes back a little bit further than I've mentioned before. Uh, I think it was a year and a half, two years ago, I, uh, I texted my sister and I just asked her if I could get a hold of my dad because uh, as of this year, it would be 11 years since I moved from Ontario. So that would have been the last time that I would talk to my dad. Um, and so I, I still had anger with, that, with him just because we hadn't talked in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind, of, uh, we kind of left off on bad terms. And so um, I texted my sister because I was just like, I can't be mad at him forever. And so it kind of never went anywhere from there. And so when I felt the call to go to Guatemala, I, I mentioned earlier that I was, I was thinking about going on a different missions trip with a university and that would have been about $800. And so I had the $800 set aside from working. Um, but then when I felt God calling me to Guatemala, uh, the cost was 1800 And so I was like a thousand dollars. I don't know where I'm going to, pull that from. Um, but I, I registered, I put in the deposit. So from there was, I was committed. And so September, my dad calls, uh, just a random phone call, just out of the blue, uh, the phone goes off and I hear mom talking and it was my dad calling to, um, there, there was, uh, several houses that they owned, uh, when they were together that they would rent out. Um, and just for legal reasons, they needed to switch the names over and whatever. So we needed to get a hold of our lawyer. And so, um, 
he was talking with mom a little bit and he got asking about me, what I was doing. Uh, mom mentioned the church and then she mentioned uh, the Guatemala trip. And so dad basically, uh, dad asked if he could talk to me. So he, I pick up the phone and my first instinct, I hear, I hear uh, this is your dad. And I was like, why are you calling? Um, Super jerky thing to say at the time, like looking back on it, but it was it was one of those things that's like, why are you calling? Um, but we got talking a little bit. We got talking about church, this, that, and the next thing. Um, and he said, he told me that he wanted to give me $1,000 to go to Guatemala, which it was a, it was very much a, a reaffirmation. It was affirmation that I was, that I truly need to be in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um and so that that really restored our relationship, not for the financial aspect of it. The like as great as I was, it was it was more the thought behind it, the uh, the, the the thought behind him giving the money in the first place to just call out of the blue and be like, I I know I haven't been there for you, but I want to be able to help you when you need it. Um, so I probably wouldn't have been able to get, well, I would have been able to get to Guatemala, but that was God's way of saying, I need you in Guatemala. This is how I'm going to get you to Guatemala and restore your relationship with your dad. That's extremely cool, Joey. Um, the Guatemala trip and the money I think is exciting, but the, the restoration kind of stuff, um, I'm really excited to see what God does with that into the future. Um, thanks for sharing, man. I know that that kind of stuff isn't always easy to share about, but I appreciate your vulnerability, each of you, that you'd be willing to share kind of what's been going on. So let me ask this, and Joe, you kind of touched on it already. Um, you guys got to share Jesus to, to the kids out there and, and young adults, and, and you got to go to the different types of services and got to see the culture, and, and um, some things I'm sure surprised you and some things... You know, you're surprised to see some things that you maybe didn't think you would and some things, you know, um, the other way. But what about you? Coming back now, you're probably still processing because I know since you got, it's only been a, a week and that's, it, take, it can take years to process a lot of the stuff from these trips. Um, but what have you seen in your own life that when you went to Guatemala, you were, you know, Joey, Marshall, Alyssa, when you came back, still the same people, but there's something different. Have you identified that in your own life? Did God do something in you when you were there or through the process of getting there? And I think, Joey, you kind of spoke to that. But I would also say, I think God did something in you while you were there. Um, a lot of, I've noticed a lot of changes in my life. And one, I guess, very visible change has been the confidence boost that I mentioned earlier. Um, people have said to me today, like, you seem so much more, so much bolder than you used to be. And like, I led worship this morning, which is something I've never done. That was fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) And when I used to think about doing that, it terrified me. I would, um, I would never want to do that because I was scared I was going to make a mistake or sing the song wrong or something like that but I did it today and I was fine I was happy with how it went Mm -hmm. so that was one visible change I noticed in myself but I I also noticed um that I I'm more confident in (laughs) I don't know how to word this um 
I'm more confident when I talk about God also. Mm. Um, once again, I used to think I'd say the wrong thing, but it's my personal experiences I've realized. And so I can talk about things a lot easier now than I used to be able to. Would you have wanted to sit at a podcast and share? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, probably not. I probably would have been terrified to do that. But since I got back, it's not scary anymore. That's really cool, Alyssa. That's really cool. How about you guys, gentlemen, around the table? I wouldn't say I feel any different yet. I'm also still so tired. Um... I don't know. It's it's. I could definitely feel. Uh, I don't mean in a uh, an arrogant way, but I I've noticed that as I grow in my faith, I can kind of feel as I get closer in my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so, like throughout the week while we were in Guatemala, I could just feel that relationship growing closer. Right. Um. Like just during the worship services, it's gotten to the point now where it's like. Uh, while we were in Guatemala, it was like, I would just hear some songs and it would just like, I would feel tears welling up almost, but it wasn't like sad. It was just like, just the spirit moving and just, um, I, the, the biggest thing that I, like the biggest thing that kept going through my head while we were down there was just the idea of praise and creation. Um, while we were flying, it was constant, just, uh, like looking over out over the landscape and just feeling God being like, this is my creation. I created this. This is Mm. mine. I have dominion over this and I've given this to you. Um, and like being in Guatemala and just seeing God working and just being, being able to both see the work of God and also being the hands and feet of God of being able to reach the people that God intends to reach and being the means by which he does. Um, it was just super humbling for me to be able to just experience that. Um, so yeah. That's really cool. Really, really cool to be looking out a plane and seeing creation and connecting that. That's very cool. Well, we'll return you right back to the Guatemala team and the rest of this podcast after our Not A Sponsor break. Well, I'm happy to introduce to you this week another food-related item, Spitz Sunflower Seeds. Specifically, the cracked pepper uh, flavor has been my treat of the week. I've thoroughly been enjoying these things. Uh, And you're saying, Brad, I'm not a bird. Well, neither am I. And let me tell you, these things have the crunch. They have the nice peppery flavor with the salt that is oh so good. And I think they're healthy. Let me flip this bag over and just look at... 38% of your daily fat. Nobody does it better at putting the pounds on old Brad than spits sunflower seeds. And now let's return you back to the podcast. Okay, guys, thank you so much for sharing about Guatemala. Uh, I want to move on to one of the things that we do in the Oxford Holy Club podcast, which is look at one of the 22 questions that John and Charles Wesley would look at with their accountability group. The reason that they did this was because they wanted to make sure that there was nothing getting in the way of their relationship with Christ. They wanted to grow. They wanted to challenge each other. And and, and they had a safe environment to do that. Um, and so... We do this so that the listener can can hear the question, maybe be challenged in their own faith, but so that also we around the table can hold each other accountable in our own faith as well. Um, 
So you guys were just in Guatemala and a couple of you were at kids camp and all that. Um, and so I, I know, and, and we all know from experience, when you have these spiritual highs, when, when really great things are happening in the Lord, that you know, the enemy wants to come in and try and erode a lot of the stuff that's happened and say, you know, that, that, wasn't, that didn't really happen. You, know? you didn't really say this to that kid. You didn't really lead someone to Jesus. You didn't, you know, all this kind of stuff and take that away from you. We don't want that to happen. Um, we, we really want to pray and um, pray for protection against any kind of attack like that. But one of the questions that, they, that these men would ask each other each week that they met was this, when did I last speak to someone about my faith? I think this is a really important question uh, that, that we ask each other because I don't, I don't know the last time actually anyone's ever asked me that, honestly. Has anyone ever come up to you and said, hey, when was the last time you actually talked to someone about your faith? No. No? No. I, I, yeah, I mean, just now, but other than that. Other than just now around this table, um, I can't remember. And I don't know the last time I've asked somebody that, frankly. Um, but Revelation 12, 11 uh, says this, and they have conquered him, him being the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now, I think that's important because you guys as Christians and myself as a Christian, we've been covered in the blood of the lamb. We, and we understand that that means Jesus's blood from the crucifixion. He has washed away our sin through his blood. But we defeat the enemy, Satan. We defeat him in the world through that blood that is covered, covering us and the word of our testimony. So, you know, we talked a little bit about Guatemala. I would have to assume that when you guys were there, you probably shared your testimony. So when was the last time you shared your faith with someone? I guess it was in Guatemala the last time. Yeah. I... What was it like? Mm. <laughs> I mean, everyone was very open to it. So I felt comfortable sharing and we had already built those relationships. And so I didn't feel any judgment from anyone. And I know if I, if I was asked to share my testimony here, I'd probably be a little bit nervous of that judgment, mm -hmm. even though I do have those relationships with people. But I think being closer with the people here scares me more because they know more about me, I guess. I don't yep. know if that makes sense. but uh, I think that makes perfect sense. I think a lot of people just said, I get that. I, I do. I, I understand. Um, but what about you guys? Remember the last time you shared your faith with somebody? You guys just, you guys just came off a week of, of kids camp. Yeah, I guess kids camp would be the last time... It wasn't as direct as um, as Guatemala. Mm -hmm. um, the kids camp was a lot more um, like devos in the cabin and stuff sure. than actual like testimony. Just uh, that's usually how that goes. Um, the last time I shared my testimony would have been Guatemala. What was it like, Joe? Um, it was it was definitely weird because it's the first time that I've shared my testimony with someone that I don't know. Um, I haven't shared my testimony with many people at all, 
So for me to have to share it with random people was both easy and difficult. And was there um, a language barrier? Uh, nope. We, uh, we were traveling with, we had two, we had one interpreter that we hired and then the associate pastor that was at the church that we were at. Um, he also knew, he was fairly fluent with English. And so um, we had those two and then we had a missionary who had a little bit of English. Um, so sharing our testimonies wasn't that hard as long as we had uh, one of our interpreter or the associate pastor with us. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was it, it was both more scary and less scary to share my testimony with just random people because um, the only time I've ever shared my testimony is with people that I'm just super close to. Um, so, Listener at home, he pointed to me when he said that. <laughs> just wanted you to know. Um, but no, it's uh, it was also a lot easier too because you don't know them and they're in another country. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that's like, you can just kind of talk about it and not really care that much. Not care that much, but it's like... It's it, not going to come back to you right? like it, it would here. Like it, for me to share that in another country, it's a lot less apt for someone to spin it the wrong way. Um, whereas here it could easily be spun the wrong way or just used or whatever. So yeah. it was definitely... I would say uh, even though I was a little conflicted over it, it was definitely easier sharing it with strangers. Hmm. Yeah, so the last time I actually shared my, my testimony, my you know, shared my, my faith would have been in Guatemala. I had the the opportunity to on the the second day we were in that, that private school, luckily, um in front of a, a group of boys with the the associate pastor and that was a really a really fun uh, opportunity, but then camp was a more uh, indirect uh, form of that where it's it's not so much that you're you know, sharing your your testimony, your faith, or your life with them, but you're, you know, leading them in, in devotion and and things and teaching and and then just having that mentorship and, and leadership and discipleship with the the kids. That's cool, um, guys. It's it's encouraging to know that you guys are sharing your faith uh, with other people. And I know you know you had Guatemala and kids camp, so you've had opportunity, and now it's really going to be not just for you, but for myself and and for others. To, to ask the question, you know, when was the last time I shared my faith to my family or to my friends, you know, or, you know, in my school? And that's, that can be terrifying. Uh, the reality is, though, is that there are people out there that actually want to know and they are wishing someone would tell them. Um, and, and maybe God wants to use one of you around this table, back in the sound booth, um, you know, in the schools and, and wherever to be able to share. What do you think... What do you think it means if we don't share our faith? I think it's just a, a big part of our calling if we don't. Big part of just being a Christian. So part of being a Christian would be actually sharing. I believe so. I, I would agree. What do you guys think? I would definitely agree, especially with the scripture that you used, um, especially where it talks about, uh, I think earlier on in that passage, it talked about uh, Michael and the angels fighting with Satan and casting him down. Um, and then in that, it, it takes the, the way that's written, it takes the perspective of almost like human, of like the human perspective of things. And so for something like that, where it's talking about defeating uh, Satan with the blood of Christ and our testimony, 
that's super important to us because it's with our testimony that we're able to say, this is what Satan did and this is how we overcame that. Mm -hmm. So if we aren't sharing that, there's people who are struggling with that battle that aren't, they, they aren't being properly equipped to deal with that because we, if we aren't sharing that, then they aren't being equipped with that to be able to deal with that situation. So one of my, one of the reasons I love testimony nights in church, I, some, it seems sometimes that they're a dying thing, unfortunately, but testimony nights seem so important. I've learned so much about, there, there's been so many things I've avoided because wise people that have gone before me have shared their testimony, you know, about how God's moved and, and different things. I was thinking, you know, if you're not really, if you're not sharing, like if you really, if we really believe that we have the hope of the world, and we're not sharing that, then do we really believe it? You know? Like if, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it really, when I read this question, I don't know about you, it really challenges me to go, okay, what do I believe? You know? Do I go out of my way to tell someone about Christ? Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I've really appreciated you making the time, coming in, and, uh, and this has been a new experience for all of us, which is I, I'm looking forward to doing more of this and I hope to get you guys back on here again another time. And um, I want to leave tonight with one more question that we can just kind of have some fun with. So feel free to just kind of really rip on this one. Really, just a good goof. Probably shouldn't crack your knuckles. <laughs> this is what I'm going to call an interweb question. It's a question from the interwebs. We said we answer those. Are you ready? The question from the interwebs tonight is, do fish see water? No. Hope not. Whoa, what? <laughs> that was so definitive. Immediately, you, Joey said no. Marshall, I really want to land on you for a second. You hope not? <laughs> I might think they're drowning. I would be really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is assuming fish have conscious minds. I don't know. I don't know how fish work. I'm I'm, a fish. Mm -hmm. I'm the person. <laughs> I oh, don't. My soul. <laughs> what? Go. I don't think. Um, I don't think they do because we don't see air, right? But we see so, water. So maybe yeah, they see the air. Maybe they're underwater and they see like the top and they see like the air. So do you I think that when they when a fish Swim. So for a fish, the water is like air, yeah, even though yeah. even though it isn't. But it for them, that's just what they know. And so, mm -hmm. do you think that when they swim to the top and they they do you think they see? Okay, so maybe this is a better question: Do fish see air? I well, yes. I think they recognize think the difference. So. Well, I think they recognize the difference because now they're their eye holes are dry. <laughs> they can't they can't breathe, and they go. <laughs> <laughs> the listener oh, at home Jaws is 3. still there. That was the sound of a fish. Was Jaws it? 3 when Jaws roared oh. as he came over. Not water. a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have we answered the question? Do you feel like we've adequately equipped the people to go out and, and share the hope that is in them about fish and water? I think so. I think okay, so I want to go around the table just to, just, to, just to get a sense for what we're working with here. Joey, do fish see water? No. Marshall, do fish see water? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a fish. <laughs> I am a person. Alyssa, do 
Do fish see water? No. I am of the opinion that I don't know either. The answer is yes. They, they must. Tell they me why. Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't sing anymore. As long as it's like a pair. As long as, as it's long, less than ten seconds, we're good. We we're, can't get we're good. We're, we're good. Don't sing anymore. I'm sure they couldn't tell what song that is from that anyway. The fish. I'm sure they want it that way. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, this ain't nothing but a mistake. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Oxford Holy Club. We hope that you've enjoyed your time with us, that you've learned something, that you've laughed along with us. Please remember to like, to share, to rate and review. It really does help get our podcast out there and uh, out to more people. And we look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>